0: This morning you may be beginning to turn to the book of Mark. I will have you stop and turn to the prophet Isaiah. The prophet Isaiah in chapter 41. These past two weeks for some have been a very dark and hard trial. For those who are in the midst of it, fear can come upon us. For those perhaps here on the outskirts, fear also may be something that rises up within us. And so this morning, I thought I would preach a one-off sermon. Not my norm, but yet something as a congregation, as a body that I believe we need to be encouraged this morning and to see our great God. And so please turn with me to the prophet Isaiah and to chapter 41. And we're going to read together verses 10 through 14. Isaiah 41, beginning at verse 10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Behold, all who are incensed against you shall be put to shame and confounded. Those who strive against you shall be as nothing and shall perish. You shall seek those who contend with you, but you shall not find them. Those who who war against you shall be as nothing at all. For I, the Lord your God, hold your right hand. It is I who say to you, fear not. I am the one who helps you. Fear not, you worm Jacob, you men of Israel. I am the one who helps you, declares the Lord. Your Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. Amen. This is God's holy word. In his first inaugural speech in 1933, Franklin D. Roosevelt, the newly elected President of the United States of America, this great nation in which we sit on this morning, addressed the people who were still reeling from that great depression which had taken place. And hoping, with all hope, to ignite a more optimistic outlook regarding that economic crisis and the things that were going on in the world that day, said these words, The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. This morning, I ask you, what are you afraid of? Children may be sitting and going, Well, I'm afraid of spiders. I may be afraid of mice. And if you know me all that well, you know I'm not a big fan of rats. So that's one that I am fearful of. Some may be fearful of losing your parents when you go on day trips to places and they're gone, and you can be fearful. You can be fearful of what tomorrow may bring. You may be fearful of your bank account. You may be fearful of your job. Fear often shows up in our lives when we we are at risk of losing something. Like I said, perhaps your wealth. Perhaps it's your reputation, your position, your safety, your family even your health. It's in us to protect the things in life that are important to us. It's that desire to hunker in with me. But this morning, I want to show you That our fears should not be tried to be controlled by us. But we should entrust them into God's care. And into God's control. When fear takes over, it cripples us. It can cripple us emotionally and it can cripple us spiritually. Come this Saturday when we're giving out those little leaflets to those people or those invitations, perhaps at that point when we're about to knock on the door, fear will overcome us and we're afraid to tell others of Christ. You see, the remedy for fear is not you. The remedy for fear is to trust in our great creator. The one Who preserves, the one who is in control, the one who the Bible tells us over and over again is our protector and the one who provides for us. Trusting in the Lord is the cure for a fearful spirit. And as God's covenant people, throughout Scripture, we are commanded not to fear not to fear regardless of our circumstances. And I will be the first to put my hand up and admit that at times fear can cripple me. There are times when we wonder what tomorrow may bring. And as we lie on our pillow, our old eyelids do not close because of it. But as God's people, as God's covenant people, God has guaranteed us that he would help us. He has told us throughout Scripture that he would use difficulties and trials to do what? To strengthen us, to enable us, to show us that we need him this morning. Take heart, servants of God. All he has put you through will be to make you more and more like him and the one who loves you. This past week has been one of the hardest for some in this room. It's been hard for even those who aren't here this morning. And so as your pastor this morning, what can I say? Fear not, behold your God. The people of God should not be a fearful people. That phrase, fear not or be not afraid, is found 146 times throughout Scripture. This morning I tried to print it and leave it on the back. If you want a copy, come see me. I can digitally send it to you. My printer wasn't cooperating. But 146 times the Word of God tells us, fear not or be not afraid. The Word of God tells us that we are not to be anxious or troubled or worried or fretful about the things that are threatening our life and our happiness. Why? God. The mark of God's people is not to, as it were, incapacitate fear. We all fear. Let's not beat about the bush. We all do. But rather we are to come. Not in fear to God. But in confidence to our great God. We need not fear for the Lord remains our God. God. He will continue to be with us. He will continue to strengthen us. He will continue to help us. And he will continue to uphold us. This morning, brethren, behold your God. Behold him in all of his splendor, in all of his majesty. This morning, as we open up this passage, We're going to do so under three headings His promised presence, His promised protection, and then, thirdly, His promised provision. His presence, His protection, His provision. God makes no mistakes. These past few weeks, I've been reading through Isaiah. And Isaiah, up to this point, has been somewhat hard to read. And then as we come around the corner in chapter 40, if you actually turn there, Isaiah 40, verse 1, he says, Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. What does a pastor bring to his people when they're going through hard and difficult times? It's not something that tickles their ears or makes him look good. No, it's God. And look at verse 10. Verse 10 is one of the great promises of all of Scripture. It's one that we should have written about our house, in our cars, on our phones, whatever it would be to remind us. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Here is a word of encouragement to his people. Because of their relationship with him, they need not fear. Their hope is not in casting off negative thoughts. When I shared this week to some people about Charlotte, their response was, oh, I'm sending positive thoughts. Their confidence that we read off here is not in positive thinking. It's in confidence in what God has promised for them. And God here gives five reasons as God's people that we need not fear. First of all, we should take courage because he, our God, is with us. This is the very foundation of confidence and everything that we can fix everything else in this world to. God is the very foundation for the believer. And if God is the very foundation, then we are able to stand firm on that rock that rock that is unshakable, that rock that is able to withhold anything that comes, and we are able to stand firm on him against any trial, against any temptation, against anything that comes our way. Remember, our God is with us. Perhaps when we think that God is absent and far from us, Remind yourself of these things. Perhaps when we are in fear and we are being tossed about by every wind and every direction, and perhaps at times if we're being honest, we distrust the things that God says, I urge you, stand firm. Do not waver. Stand firm on the foundation that is God who is with us. Temptations and trials and many things will come our way. But God is ever present. Even though we walk in the deepest, darkest, furthest valleys, perhaps that we think that where is God? He's right there with us. Never leaving us. Never forsaking us. One hundred and forty six times we are told as believers, fear not or be not afraid. Our Lord Jesus promised his presence to us in Matthew 28 verse 20 He says, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Brothers and sisters, when you're filled with fear, remember the truth. And shout it out loud, fear not, for I am with you. In the middle of the night, when those storms are beating around, and perhaps the wicked one is whispering in our ear, where is your God? Reply with, fear not. God is with me. God is that rock that I can hold on to. The one who I can stand firm on. Believer, this is your God. The second reason not to fear is because of our relationship with Him. He is our God. You all sit there together. Some are a little bit closer than others, husbands and wives. Some are like, I need space from you. You're annoying me. I can see some laughing in the back. But as you sit there this morning, you sit alone. It's not me, myself, and someone else, it's you. This morning I ask you, is He your God? Is He your God? If not, then run to the cross. Run to Christ this morning. But who is he? Who is God? Is he a helpless God? Is he a God that those, and I I say it reverently, who's in in the clouds, as it were, sleeping and dotering? No. Your God this morning, if you're found in Christ, is the great I am. Every other being in the universe needs sustaining. He doesn't. He alone is self-existent, self, and by himself he completes himself. He is our God. He is the ruler, the creator, and the sustainer of everything that you see. Every atom that floats around or wherever it may be is in his control. The very breath that you enjoy this morning is his command to give it each time. Charlotte Faith this morning is in the hands of an almighty God. It is he who protects. It is he who sustains why Because he is the great I am. At times we can be anxious. And at times we can be filled with fear. And that that word anxious is like a head that is moving in every which way. It looks around in alarm. But this morning I am convinced as I've read this. And even going through our Sunday school lessons. And And things that we're reading at the minute, that if we could truly see God as as an awesome as He truly is, most of our fears would vanquish because we would see our God. This week I urge you, read Isaiah 40 and 41. And like I say here on a Sunday night when we do Psalm 119, Read it slowly. Read every word meticulously. And see your God. Isaiah 40 verse 10 says this. Behold the Lord comes with might. And his arm rules for him. Behold his reward is with him and his recompense before him. The Lord comes with might. It's not as some people would say, this little feeble being, no. The sovereign Lord comes with power and his arm rules for him. He reduces rulers of the earth to nothing. Nothing. He judges the earth because he is the one. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. I will live without fear because God is with me. I will not be dismayed. Why? Because he is my God. That's your God. The mighty one. The one who is in control of all things. And God next gives us assurance that what? He will strengthen, He will help, and He will support us. Since God, their God, is with them, believers, you can expect things from God. The promises and the word of God are there to do what? What? Not to read and frivolously put away. No, to cling on to in times like these. The promises are stacked one on top of the other. A God who knew that we would be weak and frail and we would fear has given us his word to tell us things about himself. He will strengthen us. He knows our weaknesses. You might be sitting there this morning thinking, well, I'm great. Take heed. All it takes is one phone call. All it takes is one doctor's visit. All it takes is life to be removed from your lungs. And then we realize that we are weak. But yet he is strong. See, not only will he strengthen us, but he will help us. And not only will he strengthen and help, but he will also uphold us. Hebrews tells us, and I can't wait to pass or to this passage. The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? God's not like us. There are times when people annoy us or they rub us up the the wrong way. What do we do? Some people will go on their social media and they will unfriend them. They will block them from being able to see things. They will block their phone number to be able to reach them. They will, as it were, shun them as they walk through the streets, but not God. God will never unfriend us, even though at times we do things that are stupid. Even though at times we sin and we do things that are are against his word. No, his promise to those who are found in Christ is that he will help us. He will strengthen us. He will be that helper. God is upholding you this morning. At times we don't get these things in our language. But uphold means to to grasp or support. The idea is similar to that word undergird, which means to secure underneath. God is holding us. God is sustaining us. His righteous right hands denote right's actions in all circumstances. Thus God's great power and his right hand will do the wonderful things for a suffering people. This past week, we cried on to God for that little one and he heard the prayers of his people. We cry on for different circumstances and He hears us and he answers us. And at times he doesn't. Yet he's still a good God. Brothers and sisters, hold on to that truth that he upholds you, even though at times you feel like you're barely holding on. It's not you holding on to God. It's God holding on to you. Psalm 145 says, The Lord is faithful to all his promises and loving toward all he has made. The Lord upholds all those who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. This morning we're we're falling and as it were we're tripping over ourselves, and it's Christ who lifts us up. It's God who sustains us by his mighty right hand. God gives us assurance of his strength in these verses. Fear not, I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. This morning I ask, what are we fearful of? What are we fearful of? and we admit at times that indeed we are a fearful people, what does it do? It drives us to God. It drives us to the one who creates and sustains. This morning I urge you, run to him. See your God. Behold your God. See his strength. See his help. See his upholding you. And be encouraged, saints. This is your God. This is your God. And so secondly this morning, promise protection. At times we can be fearful of situations, but we can also be fearful of people. We live in a great land in these days when it seems everyone does what is right in their own eyes. And if we watch our news, we can become very fearful of what's going to happen. Remember your God. When we trust in God's presence and power, we're not only delivered from our fears and and the trials and tribulations, but we're also delivered from fear of those who are our enemies. Those who perhaps we go and we knock the door and we say, Here's a little invitation to come to church, and they maybe give us a mouthful or they slam the door in our face. And we can be fearful, but we may not be. You see, these verses on verses 11 through 14 are specific for the promise of God's help and his defense. There are days coming when trials will come that perhaps we have never faced. If you're afraid of the dark valley experiences, remember that God's love will and has carried us through whatever problems we experience or we will. God is with us and God sustains us. He helps us and he he shows us his love to us even when others do not. Some of you may work in situations that are trying, where standing up for your faith is difficult. Parents, you may be at that age where your children are starting to rebel against the things of God. We can become fearful. Just as we looked at in verse ten. Remember your God. Remember your God. Ephesians six fourteen through eighteen tells us to put on the whole armor of God, not just one or two pieces but all of it, so that as believers we can ward off those fiery darts from the evil one. As we take up that shield of faith, as we learn to lean heavily upon God, no matter what scary circumstances that come along our way, God is with us. At times, even through trials, he wants to show us how greatly he loves us. If you're not in the practice of, I would encourage you to read autobiographies of men and women of days gone past. Who have lost loved ones. Some even have lost loved ones who were murdered by others for the sake of the gospel. And yet, as you read them, you're reminded of the love of God. God's goodness to work and to do His good pleasure in us. His grace is sufficient for whatever weakness or fear or feelings or deficiencies we may have. The Apostle Paul says, My grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in your weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will boast of my weakness. For when I am weak, then I am strong. The less I have, the more I'm dependent upon you, God. Not your friend or your neighbor. Not even your spouse. No, when I am weak, God is strong. When I am at my lowest ebb and I wonder why, remember your God, God may not remove the afflictions from your life, but he will provide you with enough grace to demonstrate his power through you. There are many in this room this morning that can attest to that. Many of us have loved ones who are sick and ill, and yet here we are. His grace is sufficient. His grace. But do you believe that this morning? As that valley, as it were, gets deeper and deeper and deeper. As that light, as it were, gets less and less. And it seems like the trial, as it were, is going to engulf you. Remember your God. Remember his sufficient grace. Remember that his power is made perfect in our weakness. Why? Point three, his promised provision. The reason for the deliverance is given in verse 13 that we read off there. For I, the Lord your God, hold your right hand. It is I who say to you, fear not. I am the one who helps you. Look at verse 10. The last line. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. His right hand upholds you. And then look at verse 13. For I, the Lord your God, hold your right hand. Put these two verses together and it presents one of the most powerful pictures in all of Scripture. It's that of a father and of a child. God is upholding you with his right hand. And with his left hand and your right hand, he is carrying you through each and every trial. That mighty hand that can defeat any enemy. That mighty right hand. The one who swats away all the trials that come. And yet in his left hand, he's holding on to you. He's walking with you each and every way. Dear child of God, we have an awesome father. We have a God who is so good and even in these, in these few verses shows us his love and his care for us, his children. He says, do not fear you worm, Jacob. You men of Israel. I am the one who helps you, declares the Lord. Your Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. When you first read that, you go, wow, am I a worm? You have to remember when these things were written. Worm is that reference to not only why they would find themselves in exile, but their condition there. The children of God would be feeble. They will be despised. They will be trodden upon. But even so, even so, God would help them. He would redeem his people. He would bring them from the circumstances that had been brought upon themselves. And so he does for us today. God is strong enough. He is compassionate enough. There is no other, uni- there no other being in this universe that is able to prevent him from carrying out his plan. We do not know what tomorrow will bring, but God does. And when we are feeling afraid or worried, it's time to realize that we're relying upon ourselves. Let fear, as it were, be like that warning light in the dashboard of your life. It's it's warning you and it's telling you, get to God. These things you cannot do yourself. Get to the one who can. The Apostle Paul says he comforts us in all our afflictions so that we are able to comfort those who are afflicted with the comfort we receive from God. You all are walking the Christian walk. And this morning, if you are in Christ, then Christ is shaping you and molding you. As members of this church, some have gone through afflictions that others could not even think about. what will you do with them he comforts us in all our comfort so that we are able to comfort those who are afflicted with the comfort we receive from god we need to be comforting one another we need to be there for one another We are not islands. We are a community of God's people together. We are members of this body. We need not be afraid of being vulnerable as the Lord would have you to, as it were, stick your neck out for him. Perhaps it's uncomfortable. Just the other day, I went and bought some fish and One of the tanks had some turtles in it, and I stood there and I looked, and that little turtle, as cute as it was, never made any movement or any progress until what? It stuck its head out. All too many of us are stuck in our own little bubbles. We need, as it were, this morning to pop them and to see the needs of others in these days. When others are afflicted, draw alongside them, encourage them, pray with them, pray for them. The Lord is my light and my deliverer. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom then shall I be afraid? Perhaps this morning you're wondering, well, maybe they don't want any help. No, they do. We all do. Perhaps at work you're thinking, man, I have that co-worker and I really should bring the things of God before them. Whom then shall I fear? Man or God? Shall I hide these things to myself? No, we need, as it were, to stick our neck out. We have a tendency to feel safe. We have a tendency to think, well, I'm okay. I don't want to rock the boat. That's not what God has called us to do. Even if we should suffer for what is right, we are blessed. Do not fear what they fear. Do not be frightened, but in your hearts set Christ as the Lord of your life this morning. Perhaps some are sitting here and you think, well, if I become a Christian, then I have to give up all these things that I like. And Those things will not get you to heaven. Only saving faith in Christ will. Believer, what is that hope within you this morning? What is that hope that keeps you going? It should be Christ and Him crucified. How are we doing with our witness today? Perhaps we're fearful. Perhaps we're wondering what will happen. Fear not. I am with you. Be not dismayed. Conclusion. The next time you feel anxious... Take a hold of God's word. The next time you're fearful, remember your God. He tells us time and time again that he will never leave us nor forsake us. He wants us to show our faith in these days. No matter what the Lord has called you to do this morning. Trials. Tribulations. Dark valleys. Whatever it may be. He. And he alone will give you the power and the wisdom to accomplish whatever comes your way. Trust in him even when the storms are beating so hard that it feels like you can't even get a breath, fear not, I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Trust in your God. Trust in your God. Some this morning are trusting on your own understanding. This morning you have every reason to be fearful. You have every reason to be fearful if you have not come to Christ. I asked this morning, what were you afraid of? Some may say, I fear no one or no thing. You should be afraid. In fact, you should be trembling in your boots right now. Why? Because there will come a day when all of us will give an account. There will come a day when the breath in your lungs that you enjoy now will be gone. And when that happens, when the judgment day comes, we will hear one of two things. Welcome, my son or daughter, or depart from me. I never knew you. Hell is real, hell is a real place. This week, a dear brother in this church sent me a video on preaching. And it hit me right between the eyeballs. That preaching is more than just doing a fine work of exegesis or getting the grammar correct. That is good. But preaching is about life and death, heaven and hell. It's urging men and women, boys and girls. It's pleading with men and women, boys and girls. It's at times, like me, weeping over men and women, boys and girls. It's appointed unto on man once to die. All of us in this room this morning will die. The Bible tells us that after that the judgment come. Young men and young women, those who are in Christian homes, do not spurn these things. You've been sitting for months, for years, and yet each time that we close with the benediction, gone. may sound harsh, but I pray that for some of you this day that you will find no rest until you find Christ. Where do you run this morning when you're fearful? Do you run to mom and dad? Do you run to your friends? If you're old enough, do you run to your social media accounts? I urge you this morning to run to Christ. Run to the cross of Calvary. There you will find the one who is our hope. The one who this morning we can come in confidence and say, He is our God. But where is your hope? Where is your hope this morning? Run to Christ. Run to the Savior and then the promise of his presence will be yours. From that day forward and for all of eternity. You know our trials may never leave us. Our tribulations may be with us to the very day that we die. But then there's heaven. Then there's that wonderful place where the Lamb is. Where we go. Where there is no more tears. Where there is no more pain, no more suffering. And where we can sing as we are in a few moments. How firm a foundation. Ye saints of the Lord is laid for your faith in God's excellent word. What more can be said than to you he hath said. you who for refuge to Jesus have fled the hymn writer says fear not I am with thee oh be not dismayed for I am thy God and will still give thee aid I'll strengthen thee help thee and cause thee to stand upheld by my righteous omnipotent hand when through the deep waters I call thee to go The rivers of sorrow shall not overflow, for I will be with thee, thy troubles to bless and sanctify to thee thy deepest distress. When through fiery trials thy pathway shall lie, my grace all-sufficient shall be thy supply. The flame shall not hurt thee, I only design. Thy dross to consume me, and thy gold to refine. The soul that on Jesus hath leaned for repose, I will not, I will not desert it to its foes. That soul, though all hell should endeavor to shake, I'll never, no never, no never forsake. Christian, that is our God this morning. A God who will never forsake us. Amen. Let's come to him in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you in praise and in adoration for indeed the great God that you are. Even this morning, we are reminded from your word that you are the one who strengthens and helps. And you are the one who in your right hand upholds us. And with your left hand, you hold us lord you indeed are a great god worthy of praise and worthy of honor and this morning we ask that all of us would see you as the great god that you are lord again we ask for those that whose eyes and ears are closed to these things lord in mercy this day of souls May it be even as the benediction is closed and we leave this service that for some, indeed they would find no rest this day until they find rest in you, the great God that you are. Lord, we do thank you that you provide for us each and every day. For the meal that we will enjoy together as God's people down below, we pray that it would be a a time of fellowship and encouragement one with another. Lord, we thank you for the many temporal blessings and for that food. We ask, O Lord, that you would bless it to our bodies and that you would take of our thanks for it. For we ask all these things in and through Christ's precious name. Amen.